Hello. Hey, Jared. Hey, what's Steve. up, man? Not much, man. You? Hey, not uh, not too much. Just taking care of a couple things around the house. Uh, what's up? Oh, not much. Look, I'm I'm I'm. It's JD. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not definitely not worried about him because who would ever worry about him? Um, well. <laughs> but he just he just hasn't posted anything. Oh, really? That's weird. I I haven't been on Facebook in a little while. Um, so no, I and I mean. Like I'm not. But you, ha- I'm not you haven't like heard from him at all or anything? No, thank God. Right? Because <laughs> like he would just he would be sending things like day in and day out, just just monotonous stuff. He'd talk about his beard way too much. <laughs> really? He's, I mean, he's, that's see, he's I mean, the worst. Usually, so he, I mean, he usually calls me once or twice a week or something, and I haven't heard from him in a couple weeks. But I figured, you know, maybe he's on spring break down in Florida or something like. You know what? Have you never seen mind. his complexion? He's not a spring break. He's Let's not. He's not, not a spring our... break. Oh, okay, he's stuck in a cave that. in Baghdad somewhere before he was in. But yeah, spring I, I, break. I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard from him. So, uh, but but you haven't either. That that's kind of weird. No, and I mean, like I said, I'm not worried because he's dreadful. But right, no, he's definitely like, dreadful. Like, he's he's terrible. Yeah, um, yeah. but. I have got a number for him that actually is a Baghdad number. That wasn't that wasn't a uh, throwaway line. Um, I'm just going to try. <laughs> what? You're kidding? Yeah, yeah. What? In I the just, world it came is through. He... It was like a weird missed call. I think he was trying to call me. I hope he wasn't, but I think oh, we wow. better just give it a go. All right, okay. let me just yeah, no, let's... dial this. What? Holy There's crap. like 45 numbers it. in this. Well, yeah. Um, all right, let me try. All right, and let's see if this works. All right. Um, hello? JD. Uh, hi, who's this? It's it's Jared, the attractive Australian. I know a Jared who's a different Australian. Wow. Are you, are you, are you Jared Fairclough from the Muppet Mindset? Yeah, yeah, but, um, but I, I, I'm trying to brand myself as a attractive don't worry about it it's fine we can um, talk about that what? later why are you calling me when i'm on my vacation from the muppet world in baghdad because you know you haven't posted for a while there's some news that i thought maybe you know you'd like to discuss okay so i mean i wouldn't like to discuss them i'm doing this on behalf of the muppet fans seeing as i'm like you know one of the heads of the muppet fan world okay. like i don't care about you at all but i thought we'd better give this a go so so your thinking is that because you're having to do all this work reporting Muppet News and I'm not, you want to make me do the work of reporting Muppet News because you don't want to let me have a good time. Is that... Is that... Exactly right. Okay. I mean, as much fun as you can have in a cave in Baghdad. I, I should have expected that. Um, well, I was really... I, 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 I was really enjoying myself, though, you know. Um, I have not been keeping up with Muppet stuff at all, and it's been great. I have no clue what's... I mean, I've heard little rumors and whispers and things. Uh, fr- from what I hear, Frank Oz uh, made a documentary in which he gives Julie Andrews autism. It's something like that. Um, but i that's about all I've got, so I can't really contribute much to this. All right, um, I'm going to patch Steve in. He might be able to give us a hand. Yeah, maybe he can help us out. Okay. Steve? It's fine with me. I don't care. Just make sure she shows up at 8 p.m. She's a brunette. Steve. She's Steve. wearing a trench coat. Steve. What? Steve. Oh, oh. oh hey. I found him. I found him. Hey. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, hi. Good. Yeah, did no, you, I, did what you find you doing, J- Steve? Did you find JD? I did. He, he was in Baghdad. 
JD, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm I'm here, but I don't know why. I was just walking my dog and then no, it's, I it's been forever. We were worried about you, man. Are, are you okay? Look, we went worrying about him. I yeah, oh, shut up. I know you love me. Look, it's just I was enjoying myself not having to worry about what was going on in the Muppet world and trying not to care. I mean, after that night when I called you up with the Muppet anxieties, I, just, I decided if I was really going to take a vacation from the Muppet world and from podcasting, I needed to get away to some other part of the world, and I've been enjoying this. I haven't been focused on anything. Um, and yeah, now but, the Muppet world has found you and pulled you back in. Yeah, I was worried this was going to happen. Um, the, I know the feeling. Okay, so, um, well, I'm glad to know you're okay. What are you? But, what, are you what are we going to talk about? What's what's been? Ha you you say, Jared, that stuff's been happening in the Muppet world. What has it been? Oh, has it? Oh. I, I haven't been paying attention at all. So I was just you haven't been paying I attention. Was so, no, so I, now I, I completely have to, checked oh, out. I, have to so I, I don't know anything about uh, really what's what's been going on, but um, but I haven't exactly been living in a cave in Baghdad, so. I don't know. Um, what what has been going on? But that's what that's what you guys are for. I don't do the podcasting. I do that's the website. I, no, no, no. Gosh, I, I'm I'm writing a musical right now. I'm not. I don't really. I'm not paying much attention to to Muppet News. I have almost no knowledge of what's going okay, on. Okay, uh, guys, shut up. Let me bring up my uh, computer here. I'll start it up. Um, do I you have Wi-Fi in a Baghdad? Barely. See, there's actually a whole group of uh, hobos having a convention on top of this cave, and someone brought a server. It's actually not Wi-Fi, probably in the sense that you and I have it, Jared. It's actually W-H-Y-Fi, because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work quite as well. But All right, looks like we've got a few news stories here. Jared, I'm going to rely on you to help us get through this, because you're the one who's got like an active Muppet fan site that's actually doing stuff. <laughs> out of the three of us right now. Um, so, uh... That's a very loose uh, description, but okay. Okay. So, as I understand it, there's, um... First of all, we've got... Well, basically, it looks like there are, are four main places where we have Muppet news, um, or Muppet things coming from now. We have stuff oh, yeah? coming out of the Jim Henson Company, stuff coming out of... The Muppets with Disney, stuff coming out of Sesame Workshop, and stuff coming out of Left Field, thanks to Frank Oz. Um, well, that's usually how it happens with Muppet News, with the exception of Frank Oz. So. Usually, yes. All right. So yeah. we we can start with... Maybe with that's the, where we start with Frank Oz, because Frank can, Oz is kind of a weird thing. Um, I... In news, I mean, I mean, he's he's a perfectly normal human being, but as far as right, being right, a I, I, of, I don't, I don't know news. what I think about that. I haven't been focused enough on the Frank Oz thing to form too much of an opinion. So let's talk about that later if we have time. Um, okay. Because I just don't know what the deal is there. Let's start with something like, um, say, the Muppet videos that they've been putting up on YouTube. Oh, have there been Muppet videos on YouTube recently? Uh, Steve, I'm not the one to ask. I'm Jared. There have been. There's been uh, some Muppet videos of our thoughts of the week, um, which oh, yeah. are just silly little 25-second videos that, you know, don't really need to exist, but they do. Yeah, well, That's well sad. That, that, oh. that sounds like a lot of Muppet slash Henson content from over the years, but still, you know. Well, no, so hold I'm on. told... No, it doesn't. Yep. No, it doesn't sound like stuff that's existed over the years. It sounds very common 
for things that exist now. They exist, but there isn't much of a reason. But that's not why we all like these characters, because they just did a bunch of crap that didn't need to be done. So that's a departure for me and what I would like to see from these characters. I don't know about you guys. I mean, it's not but a departure. But at least they're making from... something. Jared, never say that to Steve. <sighs> you okay. never say that to Steve. Oh, no, he's going to have to have his rant. Jared, what have you done? If you do this, Jared... If you go down this road, you're encouraging bad behavior. If you have, you have a niece, right? Yes. I know you don't have, okay. How old is your niece? Uh, I have two. I have a five-year-old niece and a two-and-a-half-year-old niece. Oh, perfect. All right. What is something the two-and-a-half-year-old niece does that she's really not supposed to do and she gets in a lot of trouble for doing? Just anything. Uh, squealing. Okay. If you give her a cookie every time she squeals... If you reward that behavior, if you reinforce that action and talk about how cute it is, even if maybe she shouldn't be doing it, but gosh, it's so adorable. Guess what she's going to keep doing, Jared? Guess what she's going to keep doing? Eat cookies? The point is, you can't continue to talk about how great these Muppet videos are if they're not any good, because then that's all you're going to get. Yeah. But at least, but I'd rather they make these sort of, I, I say that, these videos aren't bad. I just don't know that they need to exist. But I would rather they be making something and still be out there doing something than us sitting back going, what's happening? Why aren't the Muppets doing anything? You know, why don't Disney want, you know, Muppet content out there? What's happening? I would rather this, knowing that something's at least going on, than nothing at all and me sit there worried about you know what the hell i'm gonna write about for the next year yeah and, uh, steve but we need to clarify by what we're uh, exactly what we're talking about here because i don't think this is a matter of the muppets putting out studio dc almost live and we accepting it because at least the muppets are doing something this is different this is when we get things like um the saint patrick's day greeting from robin and walter you know just a mm -hmm. cute little video Walter, okay. it was great to see him come back. That was really nice. Again, we didn't need to see Walter come back, but it warms the cockles of my freaking heart to see Walter come back because I love this guy and we haven't seen much from him. So he comes oh, back, he does a cute little Irish accent doing some little imitations and, and things. Um, and it's just a nice video to share with your friends. Not something that needs to exist, but a very nice um, social media decoration, if you will. Exactly right. I think that's a good way of putting it. A social media deck. Okay, but All it's right. good news if you uh, if you like Walter, because I'm told there's more videos of him coming. Yes. Well, I like Walter, and oh, I I'm, I mean let me let me take a step back and clarify. Uh, you, we all know, everyone in this room knows that Walter I'm is a fan great. Of the Muppets. That Walter is great. Yes, both of those things are true. Steve is a Muppet fan, and Walter is great. However, I want to see them do. And it, I mean, I know it's not always possible. I want to see them do something more. And if, I guess if they can't do something more, maybe this is what they can do for now. I, I hear rumors, and I don't. Maybe we're going to go down this road in a minute too. But um, I hear rumors that maybe there's going to they're, they're testing out some ideas for a touring stage show, which is like what the Hollywood Bowl is going to be—a test to see how that works. And and if if all these things they're doing are kind of like buying their time getting ready for a bigger project then then that's fine i just i get worried because there isn't 
that I'm aware of. Then again, I've been living on under a rock. Um, I'm not aware of a new big thing coming around the corner. Now, I, as someone who has literally been living under a rock, very much get the sense that the Muppets studio is trying to make its comeback. Um, it's trying to get to a point when it can be doing other big productions. That's really, really hard to do when your movie didn't do well enough for anyone to want to let you make another movie. Your TV show didn't do well enough for anyone to want to let you make a TV show. That was a really complicated sentence. I'm sorry. The point is, when their hands are kind of tied, something like the Hollywood Bowl show is all they've got. But until then, if they want to keep their grip on, well, on the culture that they have now, um, and I've argued that they are currently a part of our culture in a way that they weren't back just 10 years ago, um, then they have to be sprinkling little things throughout the internet. Even if it's something as simple as uh, taking the song Man or Muppet from the 2011 movie and using some CGI to edit the lyrics into the video in different spaces so you can sing along. Even if it's something simple and little like that, having little bits of their work getting spread all around uh, the interwebs to keep that connection on social media with their fans warm is important. That's what any social media strategist worth his money is going to tell you to do if you can. So I think that this is perfectly fine. Steve, you have nothing to worry about. Shut up. Hey, JD. Yeah, Steve? Remember when Manor Muppet won an Oscar? Yeah, that was weird. Man, that was great. That was weird. It was, it was weird, but it was, it was cool, though. Eh, I don't know. Manor Muppet wasn't really the song from that movie to win that Oscar. But then again, neither was Life's a Happy Song. That hey soundtrack now. was just... I will still fight you on Life's a Happy Song, because that piece... Mm. Okay. That is a great song. What are you... What's, what does J.D. Hansel have against being happy? Then again, how long have I known you? Never mind, moving on. Yeah. What else is going on in Muppet News, Jared? What else have we got? Um, anything from, say, Sesame Workshop? Yes. They are introducing a new character, Julia. Okay. Oh, that's the one who has the green room on Netflix, right? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I heard about that. Okay, cool. No. Uh, I'm surprised that I... What? No. No. No? No. Now... That's all I'm going to say about Julia for the moment, uh, because I have a rant I'd like to go on once we discuss her a little further. Oh. Oh, Jared. Well, hold on a second. Jared, you have a rant about Julia? I do. Huh. Well, not about Julia. Oh. Steve, do you have okay. a rant about Julia? Uh, Julia Roberts? Yes, I do. No, the that new character they've for... introduced oh. on Sesame Street who has oh. autism. <laughs> not... um, to... I'm, again, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest here. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, so, Jared, maybe you can enlighten us? Okay, so they're introducing a new character, Julia, who has autism, which is great, and I have absolutely nothing against this new workshop for doing that at all. My rant comes from the reporting that was done on it, from basically every single media source I saw for two days. Okay, wow. That's okay. strong. So now, what, what, tell me how, journalism, how journalists failed this time. Because <laughs> <failing laughs> we know how they did last time. <laughs> well, it's, I feel like whenever there's a significant Muppet story, we Muppet fans go, oh, okay, so they think that's how this happened. Well, that's cute. Uh -huh. It's so nice that yeah. all these journalists 
who are getting paid to be good journalists still won't do a freaking Google search to find out that the Jim Henson Company doesn't own the Muppets anymore and hasn't for over 10 years. So tell us, Jared. Enlighten us, please. Surprise us with bad journalism if you can. Okay, so Sesame Workshop announced Julia and said she'll be a, become a recurring character um, and it'll show how someone with autism can... Um, what's the word? Ha, ca- integrate, basically, yeah. with you know, normal children, and I think that's fantastic. I really do think that's a great initiative. My issue came from... Stop it. What is that? They're like beetles crawling over your microphone? Sorry. My issue comes from the reporting on it, because if they really wanted to make Julia a character who just was, you know was there, oh, by the way, she happens to have autism. It was almost like, it was, I found it a little almost counterproductive to sort of make a big deal of the fact she has autism. It was a necessary evil, and it's something the Sesame Workshop had to do. But the reporting on it, I don't know, it just it almost came, and I'm going to use a vulgar term here, so I apologise, but the media seemed to get a collective erection over reporting on it and just happening to mention that she had autism, you know, sprinkled mm-hmm. in at the end. It just aggravated me the way I'd see things like, meet Julia, Sesame Street's newest character. She likes butterflies. She does this. Oh, and she happens to have autism. All right, well, don't mention the autism. If it's really, if you really don't think it's that big of a deal, you're just going to slip it in at the end? No, that's not the way it works. I just I I want... found it really. I found I just found it kind of counterproductive and a little bit. What's the word? Um, self-righteous. Bit self-righteous. That's a very good way of putting it. They were trying mm-hmm. to pat themselves on the back. Yes. Yes. Now Much the way that we're all. So, yeah. Okay. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead. I just look. That was that was my issue with it. Not with julia herself not with assessing workshop themselves because what they did was necessary and what they had to do as much as i think it probably hurt the cause a little bit um now i'm curious why you think it hurts the cause because you and i i I think you and i have a similar thought process on this and i think mentally we're asking the same questions here they need to announce this character they need to announce that she has autism because that is sort of see i don't want to say that's the point of the character because then i become you know someone i see but don't that like is the point of. of the character that's the exactly point. right and, right so why and it's very very hard to sort of not what's the word it's like to not be you know un pc about the whole thing but the point of the character is that she has autism and yet you know, so many media outlets were like, that's not the point of the character. Well, yeah, it is. Stop being, you know, a wanker and all self-righteous about it and just say... You pretending that it's not an issue is you making more of an issue issue out of it because now we have to do a second lap around this. Exactly. Let me give you an example. Okay. Right? And this is an example out of my own life. My best friend Matthew has uh, albinism. He's an albino. He has. He's tall, he has the white hair, he has the pink eyes, he has the white skin, everything. Now, right. when we were in high school, a teacher said to 
uh, a young student who was, we were in, we were 18 at this point, uh, 17, 18. The kid was only about 12. They said to the kid, hey, can you please go get Matt? And the kid said to the teacher, which one is Matt? I saw that teacher panic because in her, fa- um, in her head, she can't say the albino. She, she yes, had she to then can. go on. She had to go on and describe him and say, um, uh, he's tall, he's got light hair, uh, he's, um, uh, he might be wearing glasses. And I just looked at the kid and went, the albino. And I looked at right. the teacher and said, that's going to make things quicker for all of us. Which is why kids are a thousand times smarter than adults, because kids ha- don't have that gene yet of trying to pretend reality doesn't exist. It's not a bad thing that Julia has autism. It's just a no. fact. You trying to uh, uh, doing anything except saying the word, that's teaching a kid that it's a bad thing. Exactly right. And uh, I think it's completely um, detracted. In a completely different um, way from JD, I hate what this should world be we're living a great in. initiative. Yeah, but it, it is worth pointing out that the way that Sesame Street themselves is presenting this, is a pretty different beast from what you've just described. I think that we need to clarify, because when you look at what Sesame Street's doing, this is a part of what they're calling in their press release their autism initiative, Sesame Street and Autism. Yes. So, right, no, we're talking I, about the coverage, the my, outside media coverage of the right. story, not... Yeah, that's why yeah. I have no issue with what Sesame Street did it, because it was a necessary evil that they had to say she had autism. Right. So, well, it's it's interesting because, again, I've been kind of out of the loop, but I haven't seen a lot of this stuff from other reporting. I've seen the 60 Minutes short that introduced this, and with 60 Minutes, yes, they focused on various aspects of what Sesame Street's been up to lately and what it's been doing since its beginning, but still it was pretty darn clear that the focus of this thing was Sesame Street is introducing a new character with autism, and... You know, families that have children with autism are pretty darn happy about that. Right, exactly. But it was just, and without sort of you having seen all of the media, like I get Google alerts about Muppets. Um, oh, yeah. Mine was just full of self-righteous reporting So what so about the entire thing. Like what kinds mm-hmm. of headlines would you have seen then? Sesame Street introduces new character and that's it? Yeah, pretty much Sesame Street introduces new ca- Oh, no, sorry. Sesame Street introduces new character, and then it would go on about, you know, she likes butterflies, she likes this, she likes that. Oh, she happens to have autism. Well, no, the point is that that like, is to bury the character. Lead. Right. Yeah, it can be a very, very... I mean, this can be a very, 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 very helpful character in that regard. I understand what they're trying to do, but I, I do think it is worth noting, and this is where I'm going to... Um, join you on the eggshells where you've been standing. Um, I do think it's worth noting that this is a character that has a design that's pretty different from the other characters. They have said that they're hoping this character will stick around and become a regular character, but when I look at the design, uh, it looks better in the the cartoon storybook that they started with, but the design Mm -hmm. of the puppet just doesn't look like one that's built to stay. It looks like an anything Muppet with, um, well, really with a bright yellow skin and bright orange hair that's almost irritating to the eyes with how bright it is. So in terms of the look of the character, I don't know um, how much longer 
how much appeal it can have. That's concerning to me. In terms of the performer, I haven't seen anything beyond the 60 Minutes piece, so I, 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 I don't really know if she's a good performer or not. I haven't seen uh, much of her work besides this because they didn't give it to a veteran performer. So I'm, I, I can understand why in the reporting they would want to emphasize certain aspects that might help this character stick around for a little while longer because obviously if you introduce a new character to Sesame Street you want that character to have substance you want that character to have lots of uh, universally relatable traits which is what we're all used to mm -hmm. on Sesame Street and so I think that there has been a focus in trying to say how can we make sure that this character isn't just a device, but is a character. And when you have a character that has a design that, uh, again, I, I'm sorry for picking on this design so much, it's not a really great memorable design, then you've got a lot of work to do. You've got to make sure that any of the interesting traits about her that a lot of kids are going to find relatable, like her love of butterflies or what have you, you got to make sure that that sticks with people and that people remember that. That's going to be on Sesame Street a lot. They're going to have to make sure that they take care of that. You know, didn't this character come from... This, you, you mentioned it. This character came from a book. Because I, yeah. when I saw the story about this, my first thought was, this is not the first time I've heard about this character, but I couldn't remember the first time I heard about the character. I just knew that this didn't come out of thin air. This was a book where this was... Wasn't this even like a, a TV special or something a couple of years ago? No, I don't think so. No, I think it was just a book. Just a book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what's next? Uh, what's next? That's the end of all the Muppet news, right? I mean, I... Well, there, there can't be anything else. Well, actually, well, I mean, there's that Netflix series. Yeah, interestingly, the Jim Henson Company, um, they've actually got a show on Netflix now that's pretty cool. People have been talking about it. Um, it's called Julie's Green Room. It's on Netflix. I've heard good things. Um, oh, right, Julie's Greenhouse. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm looking I heard at the website that. right yeah, now on the Jim yeah. Henson Company website, um, and it says, coming soon. What, what is that website again? So Henson.com. Oh, that's right. Henson.com. Within that's there, there's... Henson Company website, yes. Within there, there's a web page for Julie's Green Room that says, Coming Soon, which is odd because it's already out on Netflix, but, you know, they'll change that eventually. Um, also, at the, at the bottom of this web page, it looks like they copied and pasted their Where to Watch section from their page on Word Party because it says... Where to watch? Find Word Party at these stations, retailers, and streaming services on their page oh. for um, oh. the screen room. So, mm. Mm. so if anyone from the Henson yeah. Company happens to be listening to this, I'd like you to know that I have some web experience. I would be very happy <laughs> to join your company and help you with this because I think they're doing a pretty nice, uh, a pretty nice project with Julie's Green Room. What do you all know about Julie's Green Room? I, I have yet to watch Julie's it. Greenhouse, so I couldn't tell you. I, I I will watch it at some point, but I haven't done it as yet. Uh-huh. Is it on Netflix in Australia? I know sometimes the yes. distribution is... Okay, cool. So... I think so, actually. I say that. I haven't actually looked. No. <laughs> I would assume so. We get most Netflix sort of originals, and this is a Netflix original. Yeah, okay. Yes. So let's clarify yes, it what it is, okay? Uh, so apparently, I think I heard on some podcast somewhere um, that Julie Andrews happened to be on that she started thinking a long time ago about trying to do a show for children that would introduce them to the arts and get them excited about the arts. Um, and Julie her, Andrews, no stranger to working with Jim Henson and the Muppets. I mean, even the Henson Company, you know, now, but 
there's that's a history true. there. Let's let's come back to that later. Actually, I have more to say on that. Okay. But, um, right. And Julie Andrews does not have autism, by the way. No, she does not. However, she obviously wasn't vaccinated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's play past that. Continue on. And now, do I edit it out? Do I leave it it's, in? It's hmm. fun living in Southern California. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> oh boy. How many anti-vaxxers do you meet in Southern California, Steve? Actually, I have not personally met one, but there are just all, takes all kinds around here, JD. Okay. Huh. Yeah. What do you know? Anyway, so Andrew's daughter, Emma Walton Hamilton, is actually a teacher who basically does what Julie Andrews' character does in the show. She teaches young children who are puppets about the arts. That's In real life? That is That is what... She does in real life, yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Where so I made one up the, go to get I, their puppet ed degree? I made up the thing about the children being puppets. That's only true in Julie's green room. But actually, no, her daughter really does this sort of thing. So the idea is, I'll just give you the synopsis of the show as I understand it. Basically, you've got Julie Andrews playing Miss Julie, who runs this theater. She's been running this theater for ages. It's the Wellspring Center for the Performing Arts. And in the green room, she has these kids come in for a camp. There are five kids, um, two of which are boys, uh, two of which are girls. One of them is unspecified. And as you would expect, you've got just the whole range of diversity among this cast. Folks, um, you have no idea what's already been edited out. You have no <laughs> idea. So, yeah, so we've got a few characters here. There's Riley, Perry, Fizz, Hank, and... That's a great name. Fizz? I like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Well, that's a, that's not the character's real name. Her real name has, like, five names in it, Um, but that's her nickname, Fizzly. Fizz. I feel bad for Fizz because, like, in each episode, she kind of gets she she's always the one who's making all the mistakes I just, I, her real name's fizzo isn't it sure fizzo the rat um right no so so <laughs> okay so in episode one they are going to put on this production of the wizard of oz uh, for their musical after they've learned all their lessons at this camp um but then everything gets ruined in a flood down in the basement so they decide Forget that. They're going to start up their own new original musical. So they're going to have to figure out their costumes, figure out the story, write the script, um, make up and the it's characters. A version called um, the Fizz. <laughs> She's the Fizz. Um, and because <laughs> it's the Wizard of Oz, I get it. See, it's the funny. wonderful yeah. Fizzard of Oz. Um, uh. <laughs> and, and and so they decide to I really should have written all this down so they have to do everything themselves so in each episode some special guest who apparently used to be a student of the green room at a young age who learned from Miss Julie and is now a super famous and talented person um, will show up and will give them their lessons so normally we start off with everyone in the green room they discuss what it is that's going to be the subject for that day of camp which ends up being uh, that episode, um, it's Julie and, what's his name? I think it's like Gus. Yeah, Julie and, and uh, her devoted assistant Gus um, will be having their conversation. Then the kids walk in. Also, a duck named Hugo is there for some reason because comic relief, I guess. Um, because, of course, there is. Right. Then they move into the theater and they play. Wait, hold on. 
I have a question. Yeah. The the student who comes back to teach the, the puppet kids, mm-hmm. is that a human being? This is a human being. This is someone like... Uh, it's a human being. So the lesson is, it's Pinocchio. Yes. You'll grow up... Fizz, don't you worry. You be good. You can grow up to be a real girl. It's true. Now we know that <laughs> Ellie Kemper and and uh, Carol Burnett, they Alec used to be Baldwin... Puppets. They, they used to be puppets. puppets Josh Groban used to be a puppet. This makes sense because, oh my gosh, there was a puppet episode of 30 Rock. Yeah. And so, oh, okay, it's all so, making sense now. So all their guests, Bill Irwin, Titus Burgess, Adele Dazeem, they all started out as little puppets. Now you know. The big puppet conspiracy continues to take shape. That's all I'm going to say. All right, little Yes. On. And so this, this, this famous person will come in, they'll show a little clip that shows some of the highlights of their career, carefully editing out all the parts that are not appropriate for children. So they say Ellie Kemper now has her own TV show. They do mm-hmm. not specify that it is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt at all, obviously. Um, uh-huh. And then at that point of the episode, Julie Andrews always goes, Oh, I have a thing somewhere else. I need to go away now. So I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Alec Baldwin. He is now your babysitter. Enjoy. Then Alec Baldwin does all the teaching um, for whatever the subject is. Not, not in every episode. Of course, the guest star changes with each show, so sometimes they learn about ballet, other times they learn about improv. Um, then they normally sing a song about the subject. For the improv episode, uh, they do a song about Yes And. Um, funny, no, I, they I, don't. I, I, they do. They do a song about wow. Yes And. Um, That's great. Yeah, Steve, we should memorize the lyrics. Oh, we should. You were supposed to a, say, no, sorry, we shouldn't. I'm just... Uh, I'm just uh thinking about Raleigh Cruz and designing and cutting out and building a young Ellie Kemper. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <sighs> oh my. Mm, sorry. Anyway, reeling it in. Um, so, they, so they'll normally have a song about that. They finish up the lesson. Julie Andrews comes back in and finds what they've learned. Then, of course, for, for plot reasons, there's always some part of the show where one of the characters feels discouraged you know, one of the characters feels that whatever it is that they're doing just is not right for him or her for whatever reason. Um, I think Hank, who's the one in the wheelchair, has concerns about how ballet might not be for him um, and things like that. And What's Hank's last... Is Hank's last name Slabin by any chance? Um, no, I, I don't think oh, so. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, oh. Well, that would have been plagiarism. I would have had to sue. Because that's well, already true. a character on our yeah. show. Um, okay. But then, of course, Julie Andrews is always encouraging. Oh, come now, that's not true. You can put anything you you can do anything you put your mind to. Here, let's let someone else sing a song about it because I can't sing anymore. Um, <laughs> and that's, it's oh. that woman is a world treasure. You take that back. She is. That's she right. is. She is. But she has a harder time singing now. So th- she does sing Julie some Andrews songs. Julie Andrews is stunning and, and brave. Come and on. They, this, this is all true. Um, she does a good job when she does sing, but they normally leave the singing to someone else. Very often it's the guest star, or sometimes it's Gus, and they sing an encouraging song, so everyone leaves with this uplifting feeling. Um, then most of the cast leaves, and there's normally some cute little thing with Julie Andrews and Gus, and that concludes the episode. Um, of course, it's all building up to the episode with the musical. I guess I should have prefaced that even though I'm not keeping up with news in the Muppet world, I'm still binge-watching a few things, and this happened to be showing up on Netflix for me, so I've binge-watched, like, half the series now, and it's an interesting show. Just, just... 
Yeah. Since since you guys are not in on it, I'll give you a few notes here. Um, so this green room is designed with posters from all different Broadway shows all around the theater um, from all different time periods. Of course, they've got the Wicked poster in there. Uh, they snuck in a Hamilton poster. And in the background, if you look closely, there's even an Avenue Q poster, which is nice. awesome. That's so great, especially because... Well, I don't think that any of the five puppets is the lead character, but if one of them was closest to being the lead character, it would be the character Perry, who, if I'm not mistaken, is performed by um, Stephanie DeBruzzo. Um, Hank okay. is performed by John Tartaglia. So to have the Avenue Q poster in the background is just, just perfect. Oh, it's perfect. Um, in the first episode, they actually go and see a Broadway show. They go see Wicked. And it would have been a pretty different experience if the Broadway show they'd gone to see was Avenue Q. But, you know, Wicked was probably a good choice. Um, a nice thing about hey, this I show... Hey, I took a group of high school kids to go see Rent before, so... Oh, boy. Worst things have happened. Yeah. Well, well done. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, these kids... Um, it's, it's an interesting group. I think I like the kids. Their voices are really hard to get used to at first. And by that, I mean they're kind of irritating because they're really high-pitched and I kind of want to kill them. Um, but they're still pretty good characters. Okay, Hank's voice, Hank performed by John Tartaglia, is weirdly low. He sounds older than than the character is supposed to be. But Which is weird, because John's voice is sort of high. medium to high range. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Odd. Anyway, the puppeteering is great, though. So a lot of work was clearly well, put into getting be, yeah. uh, their distinct personalities across through the movements, the voices, the designs, all of it. Uh, their dialogue is pretty good, making you really believe that these are children just saying whatever comes into their minds, as children would. Um, it works very well. I think the designs of these kids are pretty good, too. Very often, puppet designs that are supposed to look like real humans are just hideous and creepy. Here, I think it works pretty well, although the mouths don't move quite perfectly. Um, but overall, it's pretty good. Um, it's nice that Stephanie DeBruzzo is puppet captain for this show. I think I heard somewhere that this was the first time any show has had a female puppet captain, and I don't know exactly what the duties of a puppet captain are, but they're fairly important. Um, what's very That's exciting... That's not true. Oh, do tell. <laughs> I, I, I say that. That's uh, the first time. This might be the first time a series has. Um, but what was that Turkey Hollow thing a couple that, of years ago? Is that the thing that had the first pup, female puppet captain? Yes, it did. Which okay. was... Uh, Alicia... I thought you were saying a puppet no, captain's job isn't all that important. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> but no, this makes more no, sense. Sorry. Right. It was Turkey Hollow. I'm, I'm mixing up my news stories. Yes, Turkey Hollow had the first female puppet captain. But still, it's cool that Stephanie's puppet captain for this, so screw you, Jared. Let's see, what else is here? Oh, also, speaking of great Sesame veterans who are here, Joey is back. Joey Mazzarino is here. Hey! He's, he's writing, he's directing, he's not really performing for some reason, but that's okay. Who cares? It's Joey. He's back. Um, Joey. I, I love Joey Mazzarino. Yeah, it's, it's so good to see him, you know, doing stuff. It's very good. Um... Making things happen in the world. Yep, it's it's pretty cool. Now, an, an interesting thing about the show is I'm surprised that they got the rights to show lots of pictures and clips and songs um, from lots of different, you know, movies and Broadway shows and things. Because, you know, they've got the pictures of Elsa from Frozen when it's Adina Mazel, Menzel, sorry, as the guest star. Um, uh, they play a little bit of I Want to Be Like You from Jungle Book for some reason in one episode. Uh, so they, they really, sorry, I'm flipping through my notes well, here, because I always take notes when I binge watch. I've written, like, a book on House of Cards, but anyway. Um, they worked on Muppet Babies. What did they do for Muppet Babies? 
I say it worked on Muppet Babies. They did that kind of stuff all the time. Oh, incorporating lots of clips from other things. Yeah, yeah, but it was cheaper back then. Well, and it just means that they could, this show, if it's ever taken down, can never be put back out. Apparently, because we're still waiting on Muppet. I'm still waiting on Muppet Babies. That's that's just you, Steve. That is just okay. It's just um, dude. If you really if you really want it, I'll send you a link. I've downloaded all of it. Oh, I have them. I just want <laughs> a good version of them. I'm not going to watch them, but I've got them. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. They're all on YouTube, but I would rather have them on you know Netflix or someplace where they've been restored and actually look good. Oh yeah, that won't happen. So yeah, uh, I know, it's, it's it, never going to happen. So it's nice that they have some references in here that are just for theater people. Um, like they never mention Macbeth when they're listing Shakespeare's plays. Um, because it's considered bad luck to do that in a theater. They don't say that that's the reason why they don't bring it up, but as theater... Is, as that, who's... Is, is that why we don't mention Kristen Newman? You mentioned who? her name! Don't do that! Don't you dare! Wait, wait, wait. Who, no, Steve, why we don't no, mention who? no, no, Jared, be good. Kristen Newman. <sighs> Kristen... Newman? Newman. What? Oh, Kristen Newman. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You said it three times. So at this point... At this point, anything can happen, and it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube? What? No, it's on YouTube. <laughs> oh. Not the band. Shut up. Okay. My... Uh, this has now become a Mel Brooks movie. Okay. <laughs> so, they, they, they have some nice references that are just for theater people. However, they don't have references to any of Julie Andrews' previous work. Like, not a single little nod just for the grown-ups to sound Actually, music, given the part that was cut out, this um, has been a Mel Brooks movie now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, uh, yeah. um, it's nice that they have a techie in the cast, because a lot of times in, in theater and the performing arts, the tech people get overlooked, but one of the five kids, Riley, is into the tech side of things, the technical aspects, and I appreciate that. So it's a fun show. I really like it. It's It's... Cool. I mean, the first episode runs a little bit out. long. Most episodes are 26, 27 minutes, and it just feels like a really good, high-quality kid show. Cool. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's it. So, hey, JD, it was, it was fun talking Steve, with you. Steve, and, and Steve, Steve, for... Steve, Steve. Come what? now. What? As I understand it, there is one more thing. No, there can't be. There We're is. We're talking There's... about recent Muppet news. Nothing has been going on. We just established this. So no, no, no. What else think... could there possibly it's, it's something that I learned about a few weeks ago that's been on my mind a lot lately, as you know. Oh, I've been trying to forget about this. All right. Yes, that's right. It is the new Henson Museum coming soon to Connecticut. Finally. They're only about 10 years late on this. Really. Yes, from tuppigs.com. They um, waited until I moved 5,000 miles away. Now they've opened it up. Yes, uh, from, from toughpigs.com. On April 5th, Jim and Jane Henson Creative Work Creative Play will open at the Greenwich Historical Society. The exhibit will be open through October 8th, so if you're planning on being in the Connecticut area between now and then, you'd better plan to make a Muppet-related pit stop. Um, and oh, so wait, you... wow, you were really serious about that? It's actually open? I thought we were just doing a bit. Oh, wow. No, April 5th, there is a new... I heard about this weeks ago. The Henson Company's been pretty busy on this, even at the higher-up level. Like, Karen Falk plans on being busy for the next few weeks, from what I hear. Like, wow. they're really focused on this. This is a real thing. They're actually going to... That's yeah, great. they're, they're going to have a Kermit the Frog puppet built in 1963 there because uh, Jim and Jane Henson lived in, in Greenwich um, 
if I'm saying that name right, uh, from 64 to 71. How are they going to have a Kermit the Frog puppet built all the way back in 1963? Can they time travel in this museum? Um, no, they're just using old puppets, Steve. Come on now. Oh, they're um, using a puppet. They'll, they'll have Sesame Street all, illustrations. It was already built. Yes. And now it's... Uh, <laughs> I get it. I was a little... Okay, go ahead. They'll have Sesame Street illustrations there. They'll have a dollhouse built by Jim Henson, hopefully the one from that one with the from the video with the cats. I'm hoping it's that one. We'll see. Um, they'll have the Robin the Frog puppet that they used for the Frog Prince in 71. So that should be cool. Um, Jane that should will, be cool. Jane will also be represented because they'll have some of her paintings and sculptures on display. Um, so that's cool. Yep. Sorry. Steve, it sounded like you thought we were talking about something else. What else did you think there was to talk about? Um, it's not really all that important. You know, we, we can go ahead and cut it off here. Hey, JD, That's true. This, you... has been, this has been a really long show. I mean, I don't know who would want to spend over an hour just listening to Muppet Guys talking. Oh, wait, I just remembered. Oh. Muppet Guys Talking. That's the name of oh, a new hey. documentary. Yes. Gosh, we're really going to do this. Okay, fine. Muppet, so Muppet Guys Talking, Secrets Behind the Show, The Whole World Watched. Um, I haven't seen this documentary. Have either of you seen it? I no, not, not yet. No. Okay. Um, not for lack of trying. Okay. Well, it's a weird thing. So it feels like this whole movie was done backwards. Like what I'm used to from Hollywood is a movie that's, it, the, it'll start by releasing promotional material like a poster and then it'll set up online pages for Facebook and Twitter along with a website and then it, uh, then the movie comes to a film festival, you know, something, that kind of a progression. Here... Oh, I thought you meant like Memento or something. Okay, never mind, go ahead. Here, the movie just was in a film festival all of a sudden. That happened first, and then we got the website and social media stuff, and then we got a poster. Like, it was just weird. So I feel like I'm really out of the loop here. I feel like I just have no clue what's going on with this story, with the news. Um, well, this I, story just appeared one day. Yeah, like, this just kind of showed out up. Out of the blue. And it, it feels like... Uh, this isn't the right word for it, but it feels like this was just kind of thrown together. And it's a movie about it's a movie about something I want to see. I mean, obviously, it's Frank Oz and Jerry Nelson and Bill Beretta. And I mean, it's it's all these and Dave Goals and who else was it? Louise Gold. It's those five Frame people talking and Frame Braille. Um, these people in a room, just I think largely just talking about what it was like working with the Muppets in the old days. And this footage has been around for a long time, and it's something that I would have loved to have seen, and I'm sure at some point I will. But, yeah, this kind of feels like they just threw this idea as a film that was going to be released together. It feels like they, they threw the release together, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, because here it was. And then, oh, yeah, I guess we need social media for it. And then, oh, yeah, I guess we need a website. It, like, it, it almost feels like this is a movie that didn't want to be put out yet was still put out somehow. Jared, would you like to weigh in? I think you're right in that... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm having a coughing fit. I'll start that again. I think you're right in that it seems sort of haphazardly thrown together at the last minute. Um, they, I mean, they filmed this thing in 2012, early 2012. I mean, Jerry passed in August that year. Um, so it's, you know, close to five years old. From what I've seen, 
uh, Frank sort of did this and went, oh, you know, we'll film this stuff, see what happens. And then it was his wife who, for the last five years, has been like, hey, remember that thing you filmed? Why don't you put it out? You know, well, Frank, why don't you put that thing out now? Why don't you put that thing out now? Why don't you put that thing out now? I think finally he just went, all right, I guess I'll do it. But I would have well, liked that's a very some sort of notice. Thing, yeah. Okay. Like, I actually heard the, the story first... a little bit differently. But, sorry, you continue. No, you, I was just going to say, I the very first time I heard about it, because there was absolutely no um, announcement beforehand, I had a uh, Facebook message on the website's Facebook page just saying, hey, there's a Frank Oz document. Uh, Frank Oz has made a documentary about the Muppets. And I genuinely thought it was going to be a hoax. I went, well, this just can't Right, be true. same here. And then like, I you're not on getting it. me with this. But yeah, no. right. And, and Veggie Monster is a thing too, sure. <laughs> yeah, and then within about a day, it just became like this big news story. So here, here's the story that I heard about it. I can't, I can't remember who it was who told me about this thing. Maybe, maybe my uncle? I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm sure you've heard the story, but for our listeners out there, I'm going to tell it anyway. I'd ask you to hold your questions until after I've finished talking about it and I open it up to discussion, but I know that's just not going to happen, so if you must interrupt no. me at some point, go ahead. If you must, only if you must. Try to let me tell as much of this story as possible. because How many pages is this? Three and a half, but I'll be quick. Um, <sighs> okay, so as you both know, this story starts in 2008 and involves John Tartaglia and a business strategist slash motivational speaker slash kayaker. You guys are on the same page with me, right? Yes. I hate you so much. In 2008, Frank Oz started dating a woman named Victoria LeBalm. LeBalm, mind you, is not a Muppet fan. That one thing you must remember, or else nothing that follows will seem wondrous. LeBalm is a business strategist and a oh, popular keynote speaker. God, now spe I hate you too. <laughs> Why? Just go ahead. You're good. We're not going to be able to stop you. Just do it. LeBalm is a business strategist and a popular keynote speaker at events for businesses. Uh, her clients include corporations like Microsoft, Verizon, Starbucks, McDonald's, Lowe's, IBM, PayPal, and some pretty other big names. And she mainly focuses on helping people feel less busy, helping people uh, find what she calls their through line in life, helping people who work together in a company uh, work together better. Uh, so Are you I really just reading a blog post? Is that what you're doing right now? No. No, I'm, I'm reading my own way of telling the story. Jared is banging his head on his desk right now. Can what we just is that? It's Jared banging his head on his desk right now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. This is going to get interesting. This will well, be interesting. Is it? Is it it's about not. to get interesting? It is. If you guys would just be quiet and let me read, I can go through this quickly. I can be a fast reader. All right. All right. Okay. Quick as you can. You okay. got 30 seconds. Okay, fine. I was going to say, Go. All right, so the thing is, the important part about all this is that she saw something in the way Frank Oz bonded with his fellow Muppet performers that she could relate to her talks. She always tells the business persons who attend her speeches that whatever your business is, you need to turn it into art, and innovation is born out of play, so you need more fun in your environment to do good work. Uh, here's a quote from LeBalm talking about it. Uh, the idea started in 2009 when I was hanging out with... Uh, my then-new boyfriend, now-husband Frank Oz, and his fellow Muppet performers, the originators of the iconic characters we all know so well. As I witnessed their interactions, their playfulness, and riffs on each other, and as I heard their stories about their work culture and about Jim, Jim Henson's leadership, I thought, 
this is not a culture I see out there, I shouldn't be the only one experiencing this. It's likely that she continued to see Frank and his friends having fun conversations because they enjoy hanging out together still, uh, they actually still chat via email a lot, and the idea continued to develop in her mind. When, she talked, uh, when they talked about Jim, though, they were usually just dropping little anecdotes here and there, not diving into nostalgia head-on. So, sometime in 2010, a few months before Frank and Victoria were married in July of 2011, she suggested that Frank record some video of him and some of the guys talking about the good old days. This kind of reminiscing on their previous work is actually not usually what Frank and the gang focused on when they got together, um, because it was just their work. I mean, Steve, you don't spend a lot of time discussing what the environment of your business office is like, and that's kind of the attitude Frank has about his time uh, in the Muppet Show days. Also, it's just been his life since he was 19, so it all seems normal to him, and he couldn't imagine anyone would be interested. He just didn't well, think also, anyone would care. It's Frank Oz. And the thing we know about Frank Oz as a Muppet performer is that Frank Oz doesn't like talking about being a Muppet performer. And uh, again, that's his defining characteristic. It's true. Nowadays. It's true. But he keeps coming back to him thinking that that no one would care. So the, I think the other thing that delayed him, though, is that he's just kind of uncomfortable with this kind of attention. He is yeah, well like, aware. How many times do we have to tell Frank Oz? Yes, we want to hear these stories before he finally. Well, now he apparently it's now been enough because we have this this one movie. Right. But yes, but I think he's well aware that he and the other Muppet performers. Um, are behind the movies and shows that make up our childhoods. Um, I actually have a clip of him talking about that I can play later, but I think he may be concerned about screwing all that up, about letting us down. He doesn't know how to live up to the legacy of the larger-than-life characters he played, and he doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, but still, she kept asking him to record this thing anyway, and for many months, she would press him, and he would go, Meh, I don't know. Meh, I don't know. He just kept whining about it for a year and a half mind you, a year and a half before he finally agreed to shoot this thing. Meanwhile, moving somewhere else to John Tartaglia, he conceived of a musical of sorts involving the Muppets. Craig Shemin wrote it. This became Jim Henson's musical World, which was an event at Carnegie Hall that brought together Dave Goles, Bill Beretta, and Jerry Nelson, among others. The important thing is that it brought these guys into New York City. Frank Oz lives in an apartment in New York, and he thought, hey, I don't have to pay for these guys to come out here. This should be when we shoot that thing that my wife keeps bugging me about. So that same weekend, with Bill Beretta wearing the same suit and the same shirt that he was wearing at Jim Henson's Musical World, from what I can tell, uh, they all met up in a loft in New York City. The crew was mostly friends and volunteers who really wanted to be there for this, um, and only three people, some technicians, I think, uh, were paid for their contributions. Most everybody there was doing this for free. The shoot lasted from about nine to ten hours. That's how long they were talking. Then, Oz and LeBalm worked off and on on the editing process for a few years when they weren't busy with other things. The editing was difficult and time-consuming for three reasons. The first is that it's a very clip-heavy production, so they had to make sure they had pictures or videos to go along with most of the stories. The second is that Oz uh, is used to having deadlines for his work with his Hollywood films, and now he didn't have one. With a perfectionist, if there's no deadline, it's very likely that he'll put this stuff off until he thinks he can dedicate a lot of time to doing it exactly right, so Oz procrastinated a bit. Uh, the third reason that this movie, uh, uh, the third reason that this was a difficult thing to edit is that this movie was edited down from nine hours of talking to a 65-minute documentary. It's just a little over an hour long, so that's a heck of a lot of work on his plate. I also suspect that the death of Jerry Nelson was an emotional factor. 
Their focus of the editing, as I understand it, was getting to the stuff that fit with LeBalm's thesis. So obviously a lot of good stuff ended up on the cutting room floor. For what it's worth, Oz thinks that some of this good stuff that got cut will end up on the website for the documentary, but we'll have to see. What stayed in was whatever showed the kind of creative environment in which these guys worked and how this space where a diverse group was all welcome to contribute to the fun generated a great show. This means that this documentary wasn't made for us, the fans. We have to understand that. This was made by someone who wasn't a Muppet fan, who wanted to show businesses, here's the kind of environment you need to create. That's going to be the focus of this baby. So, the, content, the uh, actual substance of the movie. I'm nearly done now, I promise. The movie starts by setting the stage with some context showing a statistic about just how many people watched The Muppet Show. Then we see the five performers with Frank Oz as the guiding ringleader, and they tell their stories accompanied by lots of video clips. Uh, you can also hear the crew on the sidelines laughing throughout the documentary, so there are some cuts to them as well, and the film concludes with Manamana. Once they finished editing it in the fall of 2016, yes, they just finished editing it, the next thing they did was immediately start submitting it to film festivals. Um, and South by Southwest in Austin happened to be the one that agreed to show it, um, but because it was, you know, just shortly after they finished editing it, maybe they didn't have a lot of time to put together the promotional materials. So they don't even have a distributor yet for theatrical release, DVD release, anything. They don't have any company that's helping them, you know, set up the website or anything like that. So I think that's just... Oz and LeBalm and volunteers. So March 10th is when we got the Austin Chronicle article about it. Sunday, March 12th is when it was shown at the Paramount Theater at 11.15 a.m. with other showings on March 13th and March 16th. One of these showings was followed by an interview slash Q&A with some of the performers, which was moderated by filmmaker Robert Rodriguez for some reason. Apparently he's friends with Frank Oz. And then The Hollywood Reporter just put out a review on the 12th, and the LA Times did a piece on it yesterday on March 14th. On March 14th, Frank Oz did an interview with the film historian Leonard Malton, and Dave Goles was involved in this interview as well. Not much in the way of video or audio has surfaced from that event, but here is one clip I found play. In my opinion, I think the reason people are touched by the Muppets who grew up with them, I think we represent your childhood. And I think that's quite touching. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, because those impressions are deep ones. They are. And they, and yes, they never they, go away. After the screening, there's two women, it was very touching, who came up to me. One woman, Teresa, wanted me to sign something, and she was crying, and she couldn't even talk. She couldn't talk. She, yeah. And I just said, are you okay? Are you okay? Just one. And she just couldn't talk. Then I went outside, and there was another woman who started crying and said, my, my name is such and such, and, I, 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 and Foz is, a, a, I forgot the exact words, but the paraphrasing is, Foz is very important in my life because I'm dyslexic, and I... I just like Fozzie, I never stopped trying, and, not, and then I became valedictorian. What? What? Are we still doing this? Yes. Yes, we're so still doing this. Do like a large pizza. That'd be good. Just anchovies on. <laughs> God, it feels like that took three weeks. Are we? Okay. Look. So. The, here's the point. The point well, is. We, we, we had to have. We, he wasn't going to let us out of him giving a little lecture so there you go i'm sorry i took so long with that but the thing is this is not information that most of us have this is not information that most of us know so i wanted to make sure that all of it got compiled and released somewhere in some form so that now everyone is up to speed on the whole story of this documentary now you all know about it so there great well, six people who download this will be uh, very thankful oh sorry about that folks okay Weren't you living under a rock in Baghdad or something? How did you have time to do that? 
Um, it's almost as if that's a plot point that you forgot about. Right? Yeah. Well, seems... it's C, 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 C. I mean, as a director putting a, a production together, you want to have continuity in your story points, and it feels like that was gross. Dude, overlooked. you haven't been watching Julie's Green Room enough. Right? Look. I mean, surely Alec Baldwin goes through this stuff. Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you guys a secret? What? I'm not really in Baghdad. Where are you, JD? Well, I'm a college student, so obviously I'm back here at the University of Maryland College Park. Oh. Like I've got classes in a couple days, man. Don't have a funny answer for that one. Okay, all right, well. No, it's it's just an obvious truth. I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but yeah, I've really been trying not to pay attention to Muppet News, but at a certain point, I just couldn't help it. Like, I wanted everyone to think I was off the grid and that I wasn't interested in doing this anymore, but I just felt the bug. I felt the need to start reporting on all this stuff and start... Sharing so you're news. Funny. Yeah. Well, funny. No, I mean, I, I get it. I get it because I mean, you know, we've this this Muppet News Flash podcast. I mean, we've had a very long run of episodes over the years, and it's it it, it has been a it's been a good show. But I I don't know if you are kind of getting this same vibe that I am, JD and Jared. Feel free to jump in as well. But it just it feels like we've gone as far as we can go with this idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I too am getting the sense that um, that this show just isn't what it used to be. Right. It's uh, just like uh, I, I think, and I hate to do this because mm -hmm. you know I, I I hate quitting a podcast. I'm very bad at doing it. Apparently, you are. But I'd continue. Uh, I, I think it's time to just call it quits on the Muppet News Flash. I mean, I, I know how that sounds, and it might be a shocker, but um, I think after such a long time, I think it's time to just hang this one up. Yeah. It's a great show, but I think you're right. I think we have to cancel it. No, it has been a great show, yes, but I it's... You're right. It's Haven't we canceled this one before? Um, no, no. We've, we've canceled other things before, but I don't think we've... I don't think... Muppet News Flash has ever been canceled before, so. Hmm. But I mean, it, sh it should be now. So. Yeah, it should be. Jared, do yeah. you want to weigh in? No, I said no anchovies. <laughs> Jared, get off the phone with the pizza guy. <laughs> no anchovies. Dude, you put anchovies on this thing, and you're in big trouble, Mister. Oh, what's that from? What movie is that from? Well, no, sorry, just just some stupid, bald uh, American dude threatening stuff. Um, just okay. Just, uh, don't, don't, just well, give well, me a set, right? What? Jared. Sorry, I was. Jared. Oh, we're just ending the show. He, we're he discussing... finally ended his. He finally finished the dissertation. We're just canceling the show again. So yeah, we've decided that this show isn't very good. So we're going to cancel this podcast series, the uh, Muppet News Flash podcast. Does that mean I did this for nothing? Um, um, no, no, no. This, no, was, this, this was a good episode. This I episode mean, will still get put out. We laughed. We cried. We laughed until we cried. and I certainly laughed until I cried, but I don't but, think the listeners but, are going to you know, know about I that mean, part. It's, I think it's just we're, we're at the end of this one. I, I don't see how there's a future for the Muppet News Flash as a podcast, so I think we're just going to cancel the show. So just, just I know you're kind of in the middle of something, but just uh, letting you know there. Yeah, no, you have to put prawns on it. That's fine. Good lord, <laughs> this guy—he does not. 
This he needs guy. to learn to focus. Does it, sorry, does it come with? Does it come with Coke? Okay, so Steve, why don't okay, you give your just a large Coke as well? Steve, give your little closing information, please. All right, my name is J.D. Hansel, and you can find no, my. No, you're word. not. Never mind. No, that's not. You're the that's other me. guy. I'm the other guy. I'm the Steve younger Swanson. one. You can find me at MuppetCast.com. My email address is me m e at MuppetCast.com. As always, you can. Uh, Ask me any comments or questions about the Muppets, the Muppet cast, or anything else there. And uh, I think that's about it for me. Okay, and I am Jared Fairclough, and I love anchovies. No, Please you're not Jared Fairclough. With Jared lots of anchovies. Okay, that's true. Sorry. Hi, I'm JT Hankslabit of MuppetHub.com, and you can find me at MuppetHub.com. That's right, MuppetHub.com, and you can email me and me at MuppetHub.com. Also, the Facebook page is MuppetHub.com slash Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter at JD11PC. Um, so let's see. Jared? Jared, are you back from ordering your pizza? So is it hot pepperoni? Jared! <laughs> just, sorry, can you give me one second? Just some being a twat saying something. Um, what? Oh, um, so I'm Steve. Uh, and no, you you're Jared. Muppet. Um, JD and uh, no, um, Joe Henners, uh, Tough Pigs. Um, um, oh, Jared. Sorry, I was distracted. Um, it's Jared. Uh, yeah, MuppetMindset.com. Uh, Facebook. You know all the stuff. I'm not going to go through all this. <sighs> Okay, and with that, I'm Ryan Dozier, I guess, and thanks for listening. Mwah. Good night, everybody. Should be no, more no fun. No pineapple.